our summer series, Leadership Lessons, and today we're excited to talk more with folks about the lessons in leadership we learned from our co-principalship experience. And uh, lots of times people would ask us, what is a co-principalship and how does that work? So, uh, of course, our, our co-host Mike Wakesness is here with us and um, we're happy about that. And we are going to talk some to you today about the co-principalship. Hey, Mike. Hey, Latoya. I am so excited to share more about the unique opportunity we had to serve as co-principals and how people can apply it to their work, even if they don't have an official co-principal partner, but how maybe they could take some of the things we learned and implement it in their daily work. Yeah, it was a pretty phenomenal experience when you think about it. I mean... And it was often difficult to um, articulate to folks because it worked so well for us. And and folks had an idea about it. But one of the questions they would usually ask uh, first is, how does that work? Do you guys split everything? So, Mike, would you tell our listeners a little bit about how it worked and did we divide and conquer? And how did we make that model work for us and for the folks that we served? Certainly. So, Latoya and I were... Uh, hired as a co-principal team at a very high-needs middle school. And when we were thinking about our proposal when we were applying for the job, we thought about, well, do we just divide and conquer, and you do a certain set of things, and I do a certain set of things, or are we going to do everything together? What we ended up on is not to separate tasks, because we felt that would just recreate a principal, uh, system principal model. So really we went into it doing everything together. And I think that was such a great um, way that we, we went after it and we, we decided that would be our leadership model because there are so many needs. And when you have two people collaborating on everything, it makes those decisions so much stronger. It showed um, that we valued collaboration. A lot of times principals, we talk about wanting our teachers to collaborate. This was a great way for us to model the collaboration and really I think every decision was so much better than if it was just one of us because we were both making those decisions. We're very different people, uh, different backgrounds, different experiences, but we always had the same goals. And we had that built-in trust going into this, um, great friendship, great trust, and that really made it much more effective also. Yeah, and when it's so funny, Mike, because when you say we did everything together, people always think like, well, what do you mean by that? So let me help you a little bit, folks. We rode to work together almost every day, with the exception when someone was ill. We shared an office. Um, when we first arrived at the school, we calibrated our observations. We did those together to see how we could calibrate those so that the feedback we were giving to teachers was, was pretty consistent. And it seemed to have one voice and not two. And sometimes people would ask us questions like, did the teachers or the children pit folks against you? Did, did they play mom, dad type things? And, you know, that really didn't happen. But we were very strategic about how we communicated with both internal and external stakeholders as co-principals. So, so often, you know, if we got an email inquiry that was addressed to one of us, uh, we would either forward it to the other person and that person would reply and copy the, the partner co-principal on it. Um, and, and that seemed to, a couple of uh, instances of that, and that seemed to help folks get into a mode they knew to email both of us. They knew how that was supposed to work. And we shared everything. There were no secret singular conversations. Mike, tell me a little bit about why you think the co-principal model is a potentially good model, especially for struggling schools or high-need schools. 
I think the the needs at a high need school, a school that has been traditionally struggling or just has a, a vast array of challenges, it is really the best model for that or one of the best models that I've seen for that because there are so many needs and it's so difficult to lead a school. I can imagine if one of us would have went into that school, we could have really focused on uh, getting student discipline under control or really working on teacher effectiveness or, you know, whatever it was. But really, we would only be able to do that one thing. You know, if the school is well-functioning and well-running, everyone's doing a great job, a principal certainly still has challenges. By no means are we trying to say that's, that's easy. But when you have so many different things coming at you and a lot of different high needs, it's almost impossible, I would say really impossible, for one person to be that effective where uh, two of us, we are both experienced principals. We both have, you know, done really good work in the past at increasing student achievement uh, tenfold at our, at our prior schools. And it still took every ounce of effort the two of us could give in order to improve the school as much as we did. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're really proud of that work. And uh, folks would often ask us, you know, do you all really get along? Even some of our students, are you really friends or you just work together? And it was funny because we, the way we um, operated and presented ourselves to uh, our internal stakeholders, both students and staff members, parents, community members, we were always together. So it, eventually the children started to combine our names and we were Dr. Dixonis, or they might call Dr. Wakesness Dr. Dixon. They might call me Dr. Wakesness. Uh, they always right. felt like they were going to get a similar response and, and, and they just saw us as one. But I think you're right when you talk about how in high-need situations, we often um, think that we need this expert leader and we need to find just the right person. And I question whether or not it's fair for us to put that burden on the, um, you know, put that burden on the, the shoulders of one person. Or does it make more sense for us to share that and, and treat that like a collaborative situation uh, that needs a collaborative leadership because it is more challenging. Why do you think it is in education we've been so married to the solo leader, uh, super principal uh, model? Like, why is that? You know, that, that's a great question. I, I don't know if it's just that um, education tends to be slower when it comes to change. I mean, there's some deeply ingrained things that we're married to in education. We, uh, we love the, the mean. Uh, we're always looking at the mean, the grades, you know, coming up with the average. Why are we so stuck on that one way of calculating grades? Why are we so stuck in this one form of leadership? I think any school could benefit from a co-principal model. I know it's not realistic, probably not realistic, I should say, budget-wise for every school to have two principals. And really, I don't know that every principal is a great candidate to work with uh, another principal on an everyday basis. But I do know this from our experience and also some, from some of the research that we've done with other similar uh, models, it will increase all areas of effectiveness in the school because really it is almost unfair for one person like you were talking about earlier to be responsible for everything. And... I don't know why we don't we don't explore that more. I think that's something maybe superintendents can think about, or uh, school boards can start thinking about. In your highest need schools, 
maybe is this a way that you want to try to attempt to increase the achievement in the school? Yeah, I think you bring an excellent point, and that's sort of what I was going at. Um, you know, we continue to try to find just this superwoman or superman when maybe we just need to completely reconceptualize how we think about leadership in high-needs schools or in high-needs situations, and not just in education. Perhaps there are some opportunity in the private sector and other fields to think about how leadership might look different, but I think often in other fields, uh, there's a lot more openness about collaborative leadership um, than there is in education. We look to towards solo leadership quite often. Mike, I know some folks would ask, um, how did this idea come about? And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention our superintendent, Dr. Lynn Moody, superintendent of Rowan Salisbury Schools, who really conceived this idea and allowed us to innovate um, as leaders and, and use this model, not just at the school where we serve, but also in other hard-to-staff schools. And the other question my folks might ask is, you said it improves in every area, every area. What kind of results did we get? What do we have to show for the co-principalship model? Well, I think we brought a measure of stability, first off, to the school. Um, we were the only principals to stay there for multiple years, and um, we were on the state's low-performing list. As long as anyone can remember, the school was in the bottom 5% of the schools in the state. Uh, we're no longer on the list. We've increased in almost every academic area. It was the first time two years ago that the school had been fully staffed in 10 years. I think probably the most significant or actually, I don't know. I want to take that back. One of the most easily communicated achievements was we took the school off of the state's low-performing list. I think probably the most important is the feedback we got from the students, how they felt much safer coming to school, how they felt much more focused coming to school, and that we were there to learn. So I think that was probably, in my mind, and probably yours too, the most important you know, feedback from the students. Yeah, and I would say there's another piece of evidence that we ought to probably share. The teacher working conditions survey, yes, the uh, results certainly. that were um, uh, from the survey that was done prior to our tenure as co-principals versus the teacher working conditions survey that was done during our tenure, I mean, there was a remarkable increase, positive um, results in how the working conditions were better for teachers, uh, their perceptions about the working conditions were just drastically different. And I think that probably helped with teacher retention and, and teacher morale and, and, and other things. So I think we'd be and remiss. Teacher recruitment also. Not to mention that, uh, teacher recruitment as well. And we did some very innovative things to recruit in some hard situations. Um, and I like to tell people about our cold calls of recruiting and our work with deans of education. And, and some of the things we did, uh, we interviewed using Skype, you name it, um, you know, we, we tried it. So I, I just think we ought to probably put some links on the website, leadershipwithlatoya.org, to our interview with Scott Kinney, um, vice P president with Discovery Education. Uh, we did one idea with Scott Kinney on the co-principalship. We also did an interview on Bloomberg Radio EDU with Jane Williams. And uh, folks can just learn more about what that was like. Um, so if you're looking for an innovative model in a hard-to-staff school or a challenging place and you want to do something different, perhaps it's not time to find that hero. Maybe it's time to do something completely different and think about a co-leadership model. Um, Certainly. And, and Latoya, before we wrap up, I want to say, you know, from our conversations over the years and from our conversations with other principals, I think a lot of times people really overlook the complexities of the principalship and what principals have to go through each and every day to get the 
the results and the success. And I'm not just saying principals. I'm talking about assistant principals, uh, teachers, and I'm sure leaders in other areas, too. It is significantly difficult work that they do. And we think this is just an idea that may be able to help the people stay in those positions for retention. There's a lot of principal turnover. This might be a way also to keep principals in their positions longer because it is so difficult, the work that they do. Absolutely. Uh, I should probably add, Mike, that we published an article in Principal Leadership in December of 2015 on the co-principalship um, and did a presentation at NASSP um, in February of 2016. So, folks, if you're looking for some of um, information on the co-principalship, those are some places you can start. Um, this episode has gone a little longer than normal, but th that's because there's so much to say about the co-principalship model, and we'll definitely be following up once we receive questions. We want to remind our listeners that we're getting ready to execute a new feature with Leadership with LaToya. It's Leadership with LaToya Live. Well, we'll be live um, with our, our listeners and viewers, and, and you'll have an opportunity to discuss uh, interesting um, topics that are related to leadership, uh, pose questions to us, get some answers for us, and we are really looking forward to that. Look for an announcement on Twitter, on our Facebook page, about with some dates and times uh, for when we'll launch Leadership with LaToya Live. We're excited about that feature and hope that you'll join us for that. And as always, folks, um, we thank you for your listening and for your reviews on iTunes. If you've not let, yet left a review, we ask that you please do that because it is our goal to bring you the absolute best podcast in leadership. Until next time, be you, be true, be a hope builder. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow.